Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on News Talk 965 KPL for the Joe Cunningham Show with you once again this uh, very warm afternoon in winter. Not a fan of it. Want, want at least a little bit of a breeze to come through. A lot of national politics in today's show. Uh, not as much state stuff, although I do want to talk a little bit about the energy story. Um, just kind of talk about that a little bit and possibly get to uh, Mayor Cantrell of New Orleans and the maskless ball that she had. But a lot of focus on national politics today because there's a lot going on. Let's start with the media's headlines. The media is really pushing right now this idea that there's some major Republican division, particularly over the Russian-Ukraine situation. You have guys like Josh Hawley who are, who question, you know, whether we should be getting involved. Uh, J.D. Vance, who is running for Congress in Ohio, uh, is questioning whether or not we should get involved. Although for him, it's probably not a good idea for him to say that out loud anymore because there is a actually very large uh, Ukrainian American voting base in Ohio, and they are politically active and fairly regularly vote Republican. So. He may want to back off on some of that, but the sentiment is there. Hawley, Vance, Tucker Carlson, a lot of these guys who were very much in on the Trump messaging, following the Trump messaging that we need to get America out of foreign entanglements, we need to focus just on ourselves and making America great again, and that is the talking point from a lot of these guys. It's a talking point I'm actually, I, I disagree with, uh, pretty strongly because it's not about getting involved in Ukraine specifically. It's not about an, a, an armed conflict with Russia specifically. It's about our allies. And we've had uh, between Biden and Obama, we've had a lot of lost faith on the world stage. We have not kept our commitments on the world stage. And, and, there was that in, in the Trump era, too. A lot of the world stage, for different reasons, lost faith in the United States. Uh, so the, these last three presidencies have been uh, one where American credibility abroad has been lost. So we have an obligation to our allies in Western Europe, in particular, but just across Europe and across the world, we have an obligation to make sure that not it's not just threats against us that we're worried about, but threats against them as well. And so there are several Republicans from that nationalist standpoint focusing on whether or not the United States should become involved. And there's the more neocon wing, I mean, not too neocon, like, again, don't send troops over there, but take a firmer stance. Use what tools we have to encourage Russia to stop what they're doing and, and be more forceful about it. That's what we really need in, in order to assist our allies as best as we can. But the media is more than happy to jump on this and say, oh, look, the Republicans are divided on foreign policy. They're, they're not united. And, and the whole idea is that, well, if Republicans aren't united on this, how united are they going to be going into the 2022 midterms? This could spell trouble for them. Except you have, in the coming days, 
a State of the Union address from Joe Biden. And typically, with a State of the Union address, you also have responses to the State of the Union. Now, the response, the Republican response to Biden's speech will be uh, given by Kim Reynolds. She's the governor of Iowa. And I'm sorry to say that if you like Kim Reynolds, if you followed her politics at all, if you followed her career as a politician at all, her career is now over. I don't mean that meanly. I'm just saying anybody who's given a State of the Union response, their political career is not gone any further. I, I don't recall a, a person who's done that who's actually gone on to a, a better, more prosperous office. I may be missing somebody obvious. It very well could be the case, but the the ones that typically come to mind pretty quickly, uh, Bobby Jindal, uh, Marco Rubio on the Republican side, they, they've run for higher office but haven't gotten it. But, but the Democrats, all right, so if you remember during the Obama years, I forget which one it was. There was one of his State of the Union addresses where there, it was at the height of the Tea Party. So there was Obama's State of the Union address. There was a Republican response to the State of the Union, a Democratic response to the Republican response to the State of the Union, and a Tea Party response to the Republican response to the State of the Union. You kind of have something similar happening here. A Republican response to Joe Biden's State of the Union, but also a Democratic response to the State of the Union. And it will be delivered by a member of the squad, Rashida Tlaib. She will be giving an address on behalf of the far-left group, the Working Families Party. She is expected, according to Politico, to hammer moderate Democrats who have stymied Joe Biden's social spending and climate change packages. There will be no headlines on Democratic division over Rashida Tlaib giving a response and bashing other Democrats. There, you won't see that in the media like you see headlines on Republicans disagreeing over how to handle Russia. Keep in mind the Republicans aren't in power. And the Biden administration is. We're going to take a break there. We're going to go to a commercial, 232-1542. If you want to join in the conversation, we'll have all this and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPEL. You can join in the conversation, 232-1542. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Uh, find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And uh, if you just want to email a private comment, you can uh, send an email to joe at redstate.com. I'll check those emails. They will make my phone buzz a lot during the show, but I will answer those questions as best I can. So Rashida Tlaib will be giving the working, family par- uh, the working Family Party response to Joe Biden's State of the Union address via Politico. The speech will put on display the deep rifts within the Democratic Party that have marked Biden's presidency months ahead of the daunting midterm election. Many Democrats are looking to put aside those differences in order to present a unified front against Republicans. 
but the left sees an opportunity in this year's primaries to elect a more liberal Democratic majority to Congress. In a statement to Politico, Tlaib said, No one fought harder for Build Back Better and a pro-democracy agenda than progressives. The work is unfinished, and we're not giving up on what our communities deserve. We need to get as much done for the people as we can this year and elect a majority that can deliver for working families in 2023. Now, this line from Politico, the speech will put on display the deep rifts within the Democratic Party that have marked Biden's presidency. You're not going to see that line so openly written in any other media outlet. Politico, despite being a biased center-left outlet, does typically give you insights the others will refuse to give you. And if you can read between the lines in Politico, you will see that some of these things bleed through in ways that they don't at the major outlets. I mean, CNN is still trying to rebuild itself. NBC and CBS are out there saying things like, well, all this inflation and gas price hikes and, and all that, that, that's due to the Ukraine situation. They're not giving you honest information. Politico, if you read close to what they're writing, they, they typically give you the right stuff. Just of the left, and there is some, some, some bias in their reporting, but stuff like this, you, you tend to see a little bit more insight than you do the other places. Rashida Tlaib is going to be launching an attack on moderate Democrats from the left. And it's not just a shot across the bow for Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and others. It's also a shot across the bow for Joe Biden. The progressives so openly going against moderates in a response to the State of the Union is essentially telling Joe Biden, we've supported you, we'll continue to support you, but you will face our wrath if you go back on any of this stuff that you've been promising. The squad and the progressives in the Democratic Party, the the far progressives, let's let's say that, because there's no real moderates or centrists in the Democratic Party. Just like there aren't any real moderates or centrists in the Republican Party, everybody is pretty far to one side. It's just a matter of tactics in their eyes, in terms of strategy. The progressives, most of whom that are in Congress right now are fairly new. Sanders and Sanders is really the only one. Sanders is really the only one who is um, a longtime member of Congress of 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 the legislative branch of the United States government of Congress. But he's too stubborn to know what every other Democrat really knows. And all these squad members and ultra-progressives weren't around for politically. When the Obama administration threw a progressive Hail Mary and got the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act passed, it wiped out the Democrats. It moved too far, too quickly, and the political pendulum swung back very hard against the Democrats. It led to what Obama called a shellacking in 2010, And while he won re-election in 2012, Republicans made more gains. And in 2014, Republicans made still more gains. Until they were able to hold all three branches of the federal government. 
Trump with the executive, Republicans with the legislative, and getting a, a fairly secure majority in the Supreme Court. The Democrats occasionally seem to forget that going for these Hail Marys costs them elections. These Hail Marys going after these progressive policies, not focusing on the things that are really important to voters right in this instant, continue to cause losses. So the Republicans have an opportunity right now. They have an opportunity to basically say the Democrats are laying out for you what they're going to do, and you don't want it. Look at where it's led you right now. Inflation, insanely high gas prices, a crumbling economy. If they raise the rates of many recession, supply chain shortages, crime waves, all of these things just stacked one on top of the other. But Republicans have their own problem. They are very good at snatching, uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Two things are going on right now, and it is hurting Republicans. The first is in Georgia. A group in Washington, D.C. that is very much in favor of school choice sent out mailers to Georgia residents, attack, well, they not really attack, I can't really say attacking, but basically telling voters, call your representatives and tell them to vote on the school choice bill. The school choice bill was put up for a vote by a Republican Speaker of the House who's actually very hesitant to put school choice up there because he's not really all that conservative. Republicans have a very good chance to win a lot of voters, particularly in minority voting communities, with school choice. Ron DeSantis won in Florida because Hispanic and black parents saw that Andrew Gillum was going to try to go after school choice and eliminate it in Florida, and they didn't want any part of that. So a lot of them swung, or enough of them swung, to Ron DeSantis to give him the win. In Virginia... The education issues swung black and Hispanic parents to Glenn Youngkin. In Georgia, because this Washington, D.C. group cut off their nose to spite their face and essentially attacked Republicans ahead of this vote, the Republican speaker, looking for an excuse to cancel the vote, canceled the vote. So school choice will not be on the legislative agenda in Georgia. So they've hurt themselves there. And Georgia is going to fall behind. Texas, oddly enough, as conservative as Texas is, Texas refuses to put more options for school choice on the agenda. They have the opportunity to switch to voucher systems and things like that to open up school choice. And their legislative body refuses to do so as well. It's very weird. But there's another issue as well. The Republicans don't need a platform in 2022. The Democrats are the platform. But a couple of Republicans are trying to screw that up. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you want to call in, 232-1542 when we come back from this break. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. A week ago, a Twitter account known as Occupied Democrats posted, The reporter that exposed Trump's tax cheating reveals that he expects New York prosecutors will charge Trump and his kids with felony racketeering now that Trump's own accounting firm blew the whistle on them. Today, from the New York Times, breaking news, the prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's inquiry into Donald Trump have resigned. The DA is said to have doubts about the case. Once again, another politically charged investigation into Donald Trump appears to be collapsing. This, of course, is going to severely hurt folks like George Conway, who claimed uh, just two days ago that Trump's luck may finally be running out. Jennifer Rubin, who once claimed to be the conservative columnist at the Washington Post and never really was, wrote, even Trump must see that the legal walls are closing. That's been my favorite line from the Trump era. The walls are closing, and they said that at least a billion times while he was in office. As uh, a friend of mine on Twitter notes, it's basically Seventh-day Adventism for Trump for never-Trumpers which is an extraordinary take because that's what it is. So before the break, I mentioned some Republicans are making a move to have a platform ahead of the 2022 midterms. Now, here's what you need to know. Mitch McConnell has routinely said We don't need to run on anything. All we have to do is gesture to what the Democrats have done and gesture to the state of the country, and we win. And McConnell is not wrong on this. Republicans don't have to run on a single thing right now. But some Republicans, I guess, can't function without something to run on. I don't know what the deal is, but this is one of those moments where snatching victory from the jaws, I'm sorry, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory is a Republican specialty. I keep wanting to give them more credit than they deserve. Rick Scott, Senator from Florida, he had, he's also the chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, um, basically the, the group that's in charge of helping Senator, Republican senators get elected and reelected. He heads up the NRSC, and he, repl- he, he released a, a, a plan, the Rescue America plan, to focus on things that the Republicans want. And, and there are some things, you know, that every Republican believes in. I mentioned some of it yesterday, the, the bit about abortion that uh, Bill Kristol was trying to warn Republicans about, the whole, the, you know, the life begins at, at conception and all that stuff. And Bill Kristol tweeted something out, well, this surely means a federal law. Do you really want that? But there are some other things, and one of the most controversial things, one of the things that Democrats in the media have have really attacked, they've they've attached themselves to and attacked it, um, is the idea that it's a rather uncontroversial idea among Republicans that everybody, no matter your income, no matter your your you know tax bracket or, or however you want to describe it, everybody should pay taxes. Not exactly a controversial idea, but the timing is a bit off because it gives the Democrats a chance to run on something and and it gives them a chance to say, hey, look, the Republicans want to raise your taxes. 
you families who were hit hardest by inflation and price hikes and supply chain shortages and all this. It is poorly timed. Now, Rick Scott, senator from Florida, is not a, a, a bad politician. I just think his instincts are wrong on this one. McConnell, who has scored a lot of victories, whether you like him or not, has scored a lot of victories while in a position of power in the Senate, has been pushing Republicans to simply run against the Democrats. To put out this 11-point plan and focus on these issues so heavily gives the Democrats something to push back on. Now, do I think that Scott's plan will cost the Republicans? No, I don't. The polling is still extremely bad for Democrats. And this progressive versus moderate infighting I talked about in the first half of the show is a big part of why the Democrats are going to continue to flounder because they can't get a unified message out there. But Republicans don't need to be giving them any assistance here. And coming out with this plan and saying, hey, Rich or poor, you're going to pay your fair share of taxes. Gives the Democrats an opening. It's an unnecessary play by the Republicans. It gives the Democrats something to latch onto, something to talk about that isn't having to defend the economy, foreign policy, COVID-19, any of that. And Rick Scott, I think, has made a mistake here. I think that he has... uh, created a bigger issue for Republicans because now they have to be defensive about something. Now they have to be, they have to go out and talk about this rather than the economy, COVID-19, any of that. Republicans should not be talking about taxes, really. As much as the Republican platform in the past has been about reducing taxes, reducing the tax burden on everybody, to then come out and say, hey, no matter how much you make or how much, you know, what your tax bracket is or whatever, you've got to pay taxes. To come out and say that after spending years saying we want to reduce taxes, it, 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 it's a mistake. And that may not have been Rick Scott's intention. He just released a, a, a general party platform, basically. But in doing so, in releasing it in this way, he's got the media talking about stuff that isn't part of the Democrats' election plan in November. And the Republicans do this all the time. Republicans score own goals all the time. They are capable of getting the narrative flipped on them in a heartbeat because they they can't just take in the lay of the land. It's very unstrategic. And again, I I would have to give credit to Mitch McConnell, and I don't like to give credit to Mitch McConnell, but he's absolutely right. Don't do this. And then Rick Scott did it, and now it's got the conversation. Uh, Politico, Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, New York Magazine, New York Times, all of these, uh, the, the Miami Herald, because he's from Florida, all of these outlets are now talking about Rick Scott's plan to tax the poor. And so now Republicans have to be defensive. And yes, you might agree that everybody should pay taxes. I don't disagree with the idea myself. 
but it is crazy to have that to risk that being brought up in the conversation right now when the democrats are looking for a distraction because again they won't talk about their own division and they're looking for an opening and you especially don't bring up everybody paying their fair share of taxes when there is inflation and on an incoming recession price hikes across the board and you want to talk about the poor's taxes being raised that is foolish and that hurts the republican party will this have a major impact probably not but it at least forces republicans to have to be on the record about this and it can be used against them and it can take relatively safe races and make them defensive it has the potential for that I don't think it will cost them in November as much as the Democrats would like, but it is stupid to give them the opportunity. 232-1542. When we come back, let's talk a little bit of the stuff going on in the state, including uh, Mayor Cantrell's party and energy. We'll talk about all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 965 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPL. Do you have trust issues and are you married? Well, good news, Apple is thinking of you. Tech giant Apple Technologies, according to Trends Maniac, is said to have been engaged in the development of smart rings just like they have done with the Apple smartwatch that help an iPhone user to perform, among other things, uh, things he can do with his phone. According to the reports, the introduction of these smart rings is intended to reduce lies in relationships since the watch will be able to record the travel or movement trajectory of a person and upon request reveal details of movement that day. Do you want to bug your partner with a ring? Because Apple wants to provide that service to you. Um, And yes, Apple does hold this patent. I would say big brother, but that's illegal in most states. But, uh, Except in some states in the South, I guess. Um, This is... Technology is a wonderful thing, and it's also very, very creepy. And this is one of those things that sounds, on the surface, like a good idea. But it it very much is... uh, That's something that can be... That that, that can be abused. That's a system that can be abused by abusers. Um, That is... that could very well be a, a problem. I'm not sure that, that that idea was particularly thought all the way through. Uh, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell uh, hosted a party, and there was a bunch of photos and videos that were posted of that party, and they were all maskless. Uh, this is the same Latoya Cantrell who keeps New Orleans under an emergency order that requires masks in all indoor settings. I, uh, I'm not sure why any of us should be surprised. I mean, we've watched Democrats over the last several months go out and live their life, rules for thee, not for me. And this actually made headlines, this made national headlines. New Orleans mayor spotted maskless at party. This was, you know, just constantly pushed out there. And, and, and once Fox News contacted 
her office about it. They took down all the photos and video pretty immediately. But the photos and video are out there. Uh, you can go to theheyride.com and, and see all that out there. I mean, it's just crazy. But why don't we have smarter politicians? Why don't we have politicians who are capable of going out and getting pictures of themselves taken and not be exposed to something like that? Like, like make sure they're not exposed to something like this. It's super, super weird. I mean, New Orleans is not providing the, the best and brightest as it is, but I just, it, it's, it's mind-numbingly stupid how, how this is. So that, that actually gained some national traction, so, so look out for that. that. You can, again, see that over at the Hayride. Now, the other story I wanted to get to today before we had to leave is this energy story. So energy, uh, the... the, the uh, the pub, uh, the public service commission. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have voted for one to allow uh, energy to go ahead and raise rates to pay for the, all the hurricane damages in the state. And it, it, it Foster Campbell came out and, and ranted and raved against it. He was the one dissenting vote. Uh, the other members of the board were were for it. And the um, I mean, it's, it's generated some controversy. The the problem, you know, that energy customers, and if you're an energy customer, you can expect to see a, a rate increase. And it's, you know, the Foster Campbell's thing was, you know, should everybody in the state pay for this if they didn't get affected by it? And, and Eric Scrimetta, who's a very conservative member of the uh, of the Public Service Commission, pointed out that we are all citizens of one state. We all need to share this cost. And it seems almost like the roles are flipped on that. But Energy's plan to secure the three point, this is from the advertiser, their plan to secure the $3.2 billion uh, on Wall Street at a fairly low interest rate will save taxpayers money over the long haul rather than the company borrowing it from banks at 8% or more, which is probably what would have happened. Energy has had pretty good storm response rates, but we've been beaten up over the last few years with hurricanes. It was always going to be likely that we were going to see some rate hikes. Now, according to Greg Hilburn's article with USA Today Network, uh, customers will pay an average of $10 per month for 15 years to pay for the damages caused by hurricanes Laura, Delta, and Zeta from 2020, winter storm Uri in 2021, and partial payment for Ida from 2021. So expect to see your rates go up on that if you're an energy customer. Foster Campbell is kind of losing his mind over it. Um, he was the one descending vote, like I said. I, I don't see um, I don't see a whole lot of people being as outraged as him, especially down here. I think we, we kind of have these these rate costs kind of built into our heads, you know, based on the storms that roll through. But at the same time, Louisiana has continued to suffer from these storms. And we're, you know, it's it's the end of February right now. Before you know it, we're going to have another hurricane season. We're going to be worried about all this again. 
And eventually those rate hikes might become too much if we have to keep paying for this sort of thing. So that is, you know, something to look out for. I just wanted to throw it out there because the story is out there. Some people are talking about it. I wanted to make sure that was on y'all's radar as well. Thank you guys very much for listening today to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. We will be back again in 23 hours. In the meantime, if you want to reach out, Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And you can catch any part of the show that you might have missed or any past episodes on podcast on Apple's, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review and all that for the podcast of this show. And we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.